Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Before we preview the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, Adam, I wanted to start off with a special joke that comes from the Mile High Prophet. There's a plane going down over the ocean with only three passenger parachutes on board, but there are four passengers. Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, John Elway, and a young schoolboy. Bill Belichick says, the world needs me because I'm the greatest football coach of all time. He grabs a shoot and jumps. Tom Brady says, people need me because I'm the greatest, most intelligent quarterback of all time. He grabs the second parachute and jumps. John Elway says, I have lived a long life and have nothing to prove to anyone. Kid, you take the last shoot. The kid says, don't worry. There are enough shoots for the both of us. The greatest, most intelligent quarterback ever just grabbed my backpack. <laughs> I, do, I do like that. I've heard that I, not to burst your bubble, and I'm sure there are many of our uh, listeners are thinking the same thing. I've heard that in many iterations, 
different political figures and people in the news at the time and actors and that's the best one <laughs> by far the even best if, one even if you've heard it there is no better way to start off a podcast than with a joke about tom brady yes i liked it i liked it a lot uh <laughs> you can say i plopped it out there and expected oh, it to perform. you could say that and i suppose that that's a uh, yeah i liked it but well done well done Touche, Ian, I suppose. Is it touche? Sure. Well, yeah, touche. Oh, my goodness. All right. So here we are. Uh, full disclosure, I'm sitting in a garage again, um, sweating like crazy because it's hot in Florida, and that's where I am right now. But uh, And unlike last week, you don't have your fan I blowing do, in the background. I don't have the fan on because you told me that uh, you thought people could hear it. So I've, I don't, and honestly, I didn't actually listen for it. I just put everything together and it sounded okay. So I moved forward uh, with posting and didn't, I, I, maybe you're lying to me and I'm sweating here for no reason. I don't know. You'll never know. <laughs> I will never. Well, I will know. I'll, well, I'm going to go back and listen later. I'm like, Was that, wait a minute. And then, and then I will, <laughs> oh, can't. So you're, so you're sacrificing your well-being for the for the betterment of our listeners. Exactly. I'm doing this for the listeners. I'm doing this for Broncos country. The sweat pouring off my face right now. This is for you, Broncos country. It is. It's like a sauna. It's like a sauna in here with golf clubs and fishing tackle and bikes hanging in the air and a, a, a nice Ford, uh, oh, Ford Fairlane here. Falcon, I should say, not Fairlane, Falcon. Ford Falcon Futura. Very nice car. Uh, that actually the old man helped uh, my father-in-law pick out because he went and test drove it and looked at it because it was in Colorado and then had it shipped out to Florida. It's, you know, there's stories. There's lots of stories. But what we should talk about is probably Broncos stuff. That's probably what we should do. And an actual football game. Crazy, right? I cannot believe we're we're talking in July about an actual football game. I, I mean, as actual as I suppose it can be in July because – what we know is Joe Flacco is is a no-go. Von Miller, probably not going to see any playing time. And can I add that he should not play the entire preseason? I would agree with you on that. You know, and it's interesting. When we talked to Mace uh, a few weeks ago and we previewed training camp and we did sort of a, a look at what we needed to sort of he, – he talked about teams not playing their starters. Like the Rams, they didn't play their starters. Well, other teams do that talked about Seattle maybe not playing Russell Wilson so are we really getting anything out of it and I, I think that maybe not an entire group of starters but there are players that the Denver Broncos should absolutely just bubble wrap before every game in the preseason and say you know what you're you're not you're not, you're not necessary you you uh, get to wear your sweatshirt or your tank tank top or your t-shirt I don't care put a hat on that's essentially what you're put, putting on and go watch the game because it is not necessary to, to send those guys out there. Von Miller's at the top of that list. Um, I suppose Joe Flacco um, for this game, but but probably he needs he needs the reps throughout training camp. But is there anybody else? Uh, maybe Chris. I think Chris Harris Jr. No thanks, buddy. Just sit down. You'll be fine. Um, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. E. E. Well, especially nursing the the Achilles. I, I hope to not see him at all until the very first regular season game, unless it's you know clips from practice um ronald leary and juan james well yeah the, the injury prone right i don't know how i don't know if that's really necessary though i feel like if they're going to get injured let's get them injured quickly so that we can get their replacements in there and they can get the game reps that are necessary so let's just get that over with and out of the way 
that's like a a double negative. You're right. like, it's going to happen. It, it, it knock on wood. Sure. And sooner rather than later. Or I mean, if it's not at all, then it just won't happen, and they'll play, and it'll be fine. And if it's going to happen, the sooner it happens, the better. That's that's my take on that. But uh, yeah, this game to me, this Hall of Fame game is. I don't even you're, – you're not looking for starters. You're not looking at the starters. You're not worried about the starters. And I think that ties into your key to the game. You mentioned it, bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. And I'll add that I think this is one of the few times that I can remember where a Broncos game is playing second fiddle because the only thing that most people care about is the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies on Saturday. Absolutely. Oh. I- on Thursday, the game is just – I mean, I, I think people are excited about it because the Broncos are going to be back, and it's Vic Fangio's first time manning the sidelines as an NFL head coach. Right, his maiden Patrick voyage, Biden. really, yeah. And I think it's interesting. We do this uh, – I, I do the, the staff keys to the game, and I joked. I, I put it into our Slack channel. I usually have to beg people – to give me a key to the game, and within 20 minutes, I got five of them. Yeah, it was it was quick, and and really, it is about the excitement that that everybody's feeling. And it's again, we I'll go back to what we talked about in the last podcast. It's that tempered excitement of uh, we're excited to see football. Everybody who is a, a member of the community, Broncos country. Uh, fans of of the NFL in general, we're all just excited to see football. We're excited to see it back, even though it really does sort of mark the end of the summer for for people like me who are teachers and uh, aren't super excited about the end of the summer because, you know, I got to go back to work. But um, it's nice to have it back. It's nice to sort of get that Sunday ritual. Um, we're going to we're going to be able to sit down and look at our fantasy teams on our phones and make moves and drafts and trades and I mean, it's it's about to become a lot of fun, and so this is the it really is some of the the most fun that people have in in, in an entire year, and so uh, I, I'm excited. I am. I'm excited. But it, it, as far as being a Bronco fan goes, I think it's tempered excitement. I think everybody knows moving forward. Get excited about it, but understand where this team really is and what their potential is, and and don't oh, don't be over exuberant right now. At least for me, the excitement comes from the fact that the team is heading in the right direction. And that's because of the hiring of Vic Fangio and the coaching staff that he has in place. And that's something that we've talked about since he was hired, is that they finally have somebody to lead them. And that's why my key to the game is continue to create good habits we're going to finally see death by inches in a game. So it goes back to the whole Bill Belichick mantra that we've talked about how similar Belichick and Vic Fangio are with their coaching styles. Not to say that Fangio is going to be Bill Belichick, but it's that same old school approach, which is do your job. Just take care of what you can take care of. Do the little things. Don't beat yourself. That's what I want to see from the Broncos. Don't beat themselves. Don't do more than you have to do. And that's especially true in a preseason game in the first game with Vic Fangio and this coaching staff. Just 
continue to create those good habits that you've created from OTAs and minicamp and now through about the first week and a half of training camp. Yeah, it's it's the the discipline aspect of things that uh, was severely lacking over the last two seasons. And I know that there's been from some in in the organization uh, a desire to not maybe throw other coaches under the bus, so to speak. But it, it's clear that the the discipline just wasn't there under the last coaching regime. And so uh, no and that translates onto the field penalties, uh, missed assignments, guys not knowing what they're supposed to be doing, guys not playing in the proper position, uh, you know, all of those little things, just like you said. And so it's the discipline that I'm really going to be looking for from the team in general. And obviously, like we, we've already talked about, most of the starters, you're, you're not going to see them. If you do see them, you're not going to see them for very long. And so what you want to see is that discipline being something that the second string and third string guys are really latching on to. Cause I kind of almost feel like, and this is maybe I'm wrong on this and, and maybe I'm putting too much into it. If you see those guys play with a certain amount of discipline that we haven't seen in a long time, you're going to see that from the starters as well. I think it's sort of all, you're, you're all part of the same team. And I, I think that the culture change, that is something that's been talked about a lot uh, here in the mile high report community uh, is that's going to shine through. Obviously, this game doesn't mean anything, right? We're no, I'm not going to look at the final score and go, oh, no, or oh, yeah. Instead, I'm going to look at the final score and go, okay, the game is over. Because that's really all it means. But when you're watching the game, when you see the way the players are, the way the re- they react, the way that they um, the way that they react to adversity, that's another thing I think that we'll want to see. That's all going to be coming from the discipline that is being instilled by the coaching staff and then the buy-in that you get from players. And that's another important aspect is the buy-in that you get from players. And I think you'll be able to see that. Uh, I think you'll be able to see that as well. What do you make of Garrett Bowles starting? Should he play as much as possible? How much should he play? And should he play with Drew Locke? Because if Drew Locke is going to be your quarterback of the future – and you hope that Garrett Bowles puts it together this year. And Andrew Mason said on one of our recent podcasts that he thinks this is the year that Bowles is going to be able to to take that step yeah, or however many yeah. forward to become the franchise left tackle. What do you make of him starting and how much should he play? I think I think him starting sends a clear signal that he is um, he has a long way to go. Um and not for nothing, but I think that uh, it, it shows that this coaching staff isn't going to just look at him and say, well, you were a number one pick, and so we're going to hand you the position. And it also indicates to me that they recognize he's got things he has to work on, and the only place he can actually work on them is on the football field, is in game situations. So to me, I think that it's important that he gets on the field. My, I would like to see him play an entire quarter. And maybe maybe even two quarters. Get him for the entire first half. He should be the left tackle, for better or worse. And if he's if he's getting if he's improving, if there is improvement that is there that is to be seen, you will see it on the field. If not, you'll see that too. And that's important. It's important that Mike Munchak and uh, and and Rich Scangarello and and the entire coaching staff sees what they have in him immediately. Because if you run him out there now for an entire first half 
and he looks like hot garbage, you can start doing things to fix that, whether that be uh, bringing somebody else in because there's you know the possibility of having somebody else start at left tackle, or you can see the things that he has to work on and you can start drilling those things in practices. But no matter what you do, you have to find out from Garrett Bowles, who was a first-round pick for the Denver Broncos, if he is worthy of a starting position on this team. Start him. Send him out. Let I, Maybe he should play the whole game. I'm a backup. Let him play the whole game. Get, get him a full game. He, I, he's got a lot to work on. I mean, the more I think about it, he's got a lot to work on. He should play four quarters. That That's just the truth. I'm going to tie it back now ask the same question. How much do you want to see Drew Locke play? You know, I'd like to see him for a full quarter and a half. Quarter and a half, maybe two quarters. He's your first-round pick. I I don't think he's going to get injured. You're getting milk toast defense, milk toast offense. You're you're not going to see anything more than basic packages. Uh, I would like to see what he can do. I'd, I'd like to see him in some adverse situations. What does he look like on a, a National Football League level? Obviously, it's with second and third stringers. But what does he look like when he's playing those guys when things go bad? Right. I think that's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. How do you react to adversity? That shows your true colors. That shows your true metal. And so for me, as much as you can see Drew Locke, I think that's great. Obviously, you have Rippin. You have to see Brett Rippin uh, because you want to see what you have in him as well. Uh, I think we've seen enough of Hogan to know what Hogan is. Uh, give him, you know, give him the first half of the first quarter, maybe maybe give him the full first quarter, but then I want to see Drew Locke and Brett Rippon the rest of the way. They can split it or two quarters for Locke and one quarter for Rippon. I don't care. Uh, mostly I would like to see Drew Locke. In terms of the adversity with Drew Locke, I believe it was on in Tuesday's practice where he threw a pick to Chris Harris Jr. Mm-hmm. And he responded on his next series and he was able to put it behind him and he was able to to just go out and and play the position like he knows he can. He didn't allow that mistake to to get him down or sway his confidence, which I think is is huge for a rookie quarterback. And if he can continue that in his first preseason game, it'll show what I have seen in him in the times that I've been out at training camp in that he wants it. He he knows he's a good quarterback, but he wants to be better. And he knows he has to work at it. And I think that's that's huge for a rookie quarterback. And in terms of the the mentoring, you remember a couple of months ago yes. people were oh, getting all over Joe Flacco for not big mentoring. Deal. Yeah. Well, on Tuesday. Uh, as Kyle Fredrickson with the Denver Post tweeted, small scene while Kevin Hogan is in for seven on seven. Drew Locke, Rich Scangarello, and Joe Flacco working on the side on Locke's drop-back footwork. Flacco demonstrating his steps, lots of back and forth. So I think we can finally put it to rest that Flacco is not mentoring Drew Locke and doesn't want Drew Locke to be successful. And Joe Flacco is an asshole. Oh, oh, I don't have the beep machine. Beep, beep. Are you supposed to beep the ass? 
or are you supposed to beep the hole? You know what I'm saying? Like there's a anyway. No, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go go away from that tangent. Um, yeah, I, you know it's funny to me because it's not so much about mentoring and taking on a, a teaching role, and I think that's what it turns into for a lot of people. So you should be teaching. It's more about, and this is the way it is in sports in general. And if you've played sports, you kind of understand this. There's a guy who's ahead of you who knows the ropes and knows what's going on. And then there's a coach and the coach is going to coach you up. But every once in a while, it's good to have the guy who's ahead of you go, Hey, do it like this. This is, this is what works for me. And and it's not taking you under my wing and, and bringing you along so you can be, you know, Oh, we're buddies and you're my little brother. And that's this, this isn't DeMarcus Ware Von Miller stuff. Okay. That was, that was a whole other ball game. And I think that's maybe where Broncos country was hoping that would go. Oh, you bring in the veteran and they, you know, that's not what we need here, but it is something that coaches can use to their advantage. Hey, I want you to watch Joe Flacco do this because he does it really well. Joe Flacco goes and shows him, okay, this is my five step. This is my seven step drop. This is, this is my footwork here. This is, you know, I do this, this, and this try this. If you see that, but it isn't okay. Now come home with me and I'll make you a spaghetti dinner. Because that's not what this is. It's it's sports. It's football. We're we're at practice. Hey, I got a, I got a second to show you something. Come over here. I'm going to show this to you until you've got to get in and, and actually go do it. Boom! Bang! 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 You're done. That's how it works. That's how it's supposed to work. We over romanticize the oh they're they're working together and they're teammates and they love one another and they're brothers. No, it's we don't need that. That's not what brothers it is. Brothers got a hug. Right. Brothers got a hug. That's that's not what this is. So I, I like that this mentoring stuff. It, it let's put it to bed. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say: your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over a hundred social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S. excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So the the next thing we kind of really need to talk about, based on the idea that most of the starters are sitting. Um, a lot of guys who you want to watch, those kinds of things. And we brought up a couple. We talked about Drew Locke. We talked about Garrett Bowles. But who are some players to watch in the game that means nothing? I'm going to mention a running back that I think has flashed quite a bit since the start of training camp, and that's Kalfani Muhammad. Okay. I, I really want to see if he's able to carry over what he's done in practice to a game because he has a burst and quickness that is really reminiscent of Philip Lindsay. If, if you're not paying attention and you're, you just glance up, he's gone. They run very similar. They have very similar styles. And then the other offensive player I want to see is Noah Fant. I'm excited to see what, what he looks like. I mean, obviously it's, it's not going to be what it could be since Flacco is not playing, but I'm still excited to see what the number one tight end looks like in terms of the number one draft pick, the first round draft pick. Exactly. Because he's listed at number two on the depth chart behind Jeff Hireman, which doesn't mean anything before the first preseason game. Right. 
And defensively, it's somebody that I wrote my feature about, and that's Joe Deneen. I I think games are going to be where he's going to be able to make his move because we talked about it on the podcast. I talked about it in my story. Practices just aren't a good way to measure a player like Joe Deneen, who is just all over the field, who loves to tackle, who has his his hand in basically every play on defense, which is why he's nicknamed the mayor, because he controls the whole defense, the whole field when he's on it. And I think that's going to be something to watch for is, is that it, is he going to be able to carry that playing style that he was known for in Lawrence at the University of Kansas over to the preseason games? Because one of the funniest things that he told me is that he got in trouble because he brought guys to the ground. Well, now he's not going to get in trouble anymore, and I want to see what he looks like in an actual game. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a great one. I'm going to stay on defense here. I'll give you another one. Um, Demarcus Walker. He's Ooh, that's a, a good one. Yeah, he's a guy who, when he was drafted, he probably shouldn't have been drafted where he was drafted. We'll we'll start there. Like that, something was up with that. It was it, there was because of the way that the the Denver Broncos decided to use him. The, the you know the Vance Joseph uh, Joe Woods regime. The way they decided to use him, they probably shouldn't have drafted him. But now he's with a coaching staff that I believe can find the right fit for him or find the right place for him on the defensive side of the football. And I would like to see how that starts to play out because I'd like to know if, if it's going to be worth keeping him around or if maybe they can, uh, maybe they'll see him as somebody they can use in a trade. And the, you know, the NFL isn't big on trades and uh, you don't see a lot of big ones, but you know, trades for draft picks, those kinds of things. Uh, can he, can he show out in a way that either gets him a spot on the team or gets him maybe traded to a better situation for himself and bring something back for the Denver Broncos? But I would like to see how he fits into a Vic Fangio, Ed Donatel defense as compared to the way that he's been used since he came into the NFL, which is, quite frankly, the wrong way to have used him. So, so defensively, Demarcus Walker, to me, is somebody to, to really pay attention to just to see where his development is. Uh, offensively, it's it's interesting. I, I think you, you kind of took mine, but then there's a, a name that I keep hearing, and you know I'm not there. You know I'm not back home, so I'm not able to see it because again I'm sitting in a hot garage melting. Um, but uh, make this is it is it Kelvin McKnight? Is that is that even the right way to say that? I mean, yes, it is. It's that to me is it's a name that just keeps popping up. You know what I'm saying? And you know sometimes you just keep seeing a name over and over again. And you think, well, I want to see this guy. I want to see what he's got. I want to see him on the field. That's that's a guy who I'm curious about because he keeps popping up. Anytime you see a guy that just keeps – I think I feel like that was Tim Patrick last year, right? Tim Patrick was a name that just kept popping up. And then he got his he got his chances, and he, he did pretty well. Can Kelvin McKnight do the same thing? Can he get his chances, perform, uh, and will his name continue to pop up? Every, every time you look at stuff. I, I just think that would be an interesting one. I'm going to throw out another name, and it's also a receiver. Okay. Jawan Winfrey. Yes. Because his name has popped, and he he was a sixth-round draft pick. So I that's a name that I, that I want to see because he's actually been getting reps with the ones. And Kelvin McKnight got a few. I think he's gotten more with the twos and the threes. Right. 
So uh, Kelvin McKnight is a good one. I think that receiver battle is turning into a better competition than people thought because on offense, they mentioned tight end. They mentioned maybe running back, at least in the national media for some reason. But receiver really wasn't mentioned a lot because we weren't sure if they were going to keep five or they're going to keep six. I think with how this battle is going and how you have so many guys showing up and, and Performing. as you said, yeah. popping up, it's, it, it's Kelvin, it's Kelvin McKnight. It's Trinity Benson. It's right, Juwan no Winfrey. Brendan Langley has had his, has had his moments and he's also had experience returning. And I think that's also something to keep an eye on. And, and Mace, mentioned this on the podcast we did with him that McMahon isn't going to make his, his, his determination on a returner until the third or fourth preseason game, because you're not going to really get a good idea in practice. So it's all going to be determined on the games, which makes sense. So I, I think that receiver battle is something to definitely watch, not just on Thursday, but over the course of the, 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 the five preseason games. And that's why I, I'm excited to see if Juwan Winfrey is able to take how well he's played the first week and a half of camp over to the preseason games. Yeah, you know, you start talking about that, and are they going to keep five? Are they going to keep six? We talked about the the Broncos keeping four tight ends. Uh, you know, May said that on the podcast a few weeks ago, and I, I wrote a nice article about Well, I don't know if it was a nice article. I wrote an article about it, and you tell me if it was a nice one. Um but I wrote an article about that and, and uh, was one of those things where you start thinking about all these position battles and you almost feel like, gosh, I wish the Broncos could keep 60 instead of 50, you know, 53 man roster is great, but maybe could it be a 60 man roster? Cause they've got needs. Who's, who's going to, who's going to get left out. It really becomes the big question. And, you know, starting with the hall of fame game, you're going to start to see some answers to that. So it's, it's exciting to kind of be able to, start moving towards that and see that stuff start to start to unfold. Um, you mentioned the depth chart. I think we should probably talk about it here just for a second and and not not for too much, but just remind everybody the first depth chart, even though it's it's interesting to see where everybody is and whatnot, really doesn't matter. I, I mean, I think Joe did a nice job. Joe Rolls did a nice job looking at the initial depth chart and kind of doing some stuff with that. But it really doesn't mean anything. The the depth chart will look nothing on day one of the regular season like it looks right now. And that's just the way that it goes. I think the most important thing to look at is not the depth. It's the rotation of the players and where the players are playing. And one thing to keep an eye on, because one thing that Vic Fangio and his coaching staff have done over the first week and a half of training camp that I haven't seen before is he's intermittent he, he's mixing up the depth chart where he'll have threes play with twos twos play twos play with ones twos play with threes he's he's mixing it up to give them experience on all different levels to see how they handle it and i want to see if he does that in the games as well because it didn't happen with vance joseph i can tell you that the last two seasons i think it may have happened with kubiak but that was three years ago, and I'm old. I don't remember. I, so I don't remember it happening like this. I mean, he he regularly does it every practice, and I think it's it just it goes back to that whole death by inches, and that the whole 
uh, special teams drill that I talked about, how even if you're not going to do it, you're going to know how to do it if it comes to it. So I, I think that all ties into all of this. And I, I, I think it's it just ties back into the excitement of what Fangio is going to look like as a head coach because this is the first test. And I even if it doesn't mean anything, it's still going to be exciting to see him manning the sidelines. Right. We, we talk about it not meaning anything. We don't mean that it means nothing to the guys out on the field. It means everything to, to the guys who are going to be out there, including the coaching staff. Mostly what we mean is that there are certain things about this game that are that are meaningless. And the, 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 the final outcome, I think, is, is mostly what you talk about when it comes to that. Like, I almost want to make sure that people understand we're not talking about it being meaningless for the players because it's absolutely meaningful for every single guy who puts on the pads because they know that they're playing for their football lives. And it's meaningful for the coaching staff, especially one like this that has a first-time head coach because this is where he's going to learn uh, about certain in-game situations that you just cannot simulate them in a practice setting. So uh, it, it's meaningful, but like the depth chart, like I said, it's meaningful, but it's not meaningful. Uh, and that's just kind of where we're at right now. Um, there is some some Broncos news to talk about that is, it's, it's like non-news. I don't even know what you call it at this point. But the Broncos did have Theo Riddick come in. Uh, he took a physical, right? He did a physical with the Denver Broncos. He took a physical, and he's met with the New Orleans Saints. So it seems to be between those two teams. So I think it's. I think the best way to describe it is potential news. Potential news. The potential news is that Theo Riddick may be joining the Denver Broncos, and and you and I are uh, of a, of a, a like mind in this particular situation. Bringing in Theo Riddick to me, if it means that the move on from Devontae Booker, then I think it's the right move. I, th I think Devontae Booker has had his his run in Denver, and it's probably time for him to find a different place to run the football, and it's time for the Denver Broncos to, to, to move on as well. And signing a guy like Theo, Theo Riddick allows for that. I think he is the quintessential third down back. And I, I've seen a lot of people say, I don't know why you would bring in Theo Riddick because you have Philip Lindsay. It's not so much about Philip Lindsay as it is getting rid of Devontae Booker. Because the one thing that we've heard the last two years about Devontae Booker is he's a third down back. Well, he's not very good as a third down back. Theo Riddick has proven that he can be a third down back. And I think in this offense with Rich Scangarello, it's another potential weapon out of the backfield. If you can have two Philip Lindsays, why wouldn't you want two Philip Lindsays? That's a really good way to put that. You know, the only other thing that it is concerning about, if it means it's the end of Devontae Booker, it also means uh, you have to find a kick returner because he has been or sort of slated as a guy who would return kicks. Uh, and so that, that position battle sort of heats up a little bit because Devontae Booker is not there to be the guy to return kickoffs. So it would be curious to see what, you know, what the consequences are for that battle as well. It makes me want to see Kafani Muhammad because I, I really think that he has that kind of vision and that quick burst that you need to be a returner. Now, whether or not he's able to follow his blocks and and do all of that, sure. we'll see. But I, it, it makes me want – it'll make it that more exciting because Devontae Booker wasn't that great as a returner either. So I think it just – it opens up the possibilities for guys lower on the depth chart 
that may have not had the opportunity and now they may get it if they sign Theo Riddick. Excellent. All right. Well, do you have a game prediction? Nobody get hurt. Oh, you can't make that prediction. Somebody's going to get hurt now. You've just got somebody just got hurt. You just got somebody injured. That's how it works. You know that. Just make it through the game, and then everybody can enjoy the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies on Saturday, that is which exactly we will talk we about after the game. Absolutely. You know, it's, I'm going to make a game prediction as well. It will uh, have a final score, and one of the teams will win, the other team will lose, and no one will remember. You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.